welcome to Marathon Swim Stories, where we explore the human side of the superhuman feats of endurance swimmers and those who support them. I'm marathon swimmer and coach Shannon Keegan. Today I spoke with Cape Tonian Ironman, marathon, and ice swimmer Sam Welpton. Sam's self-proclaimed stubbornness and sense of adventure has taken her on a wild ride from triathlon to the English Channel. And despite an aversion to cold, Sam has completed several ice kilometers. At the end of the day, Sam reminds us how great it feels to swim for a cause. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, Sam. Thank you for being my guest today. Tell us, what's your story? Well, thank you for having me, Shannon. Um, it's an honor to be able to chat with you. And um, wow, what's my story? That's such a big <laughs> thing. Like, no pressure to answer that, right? right. <laughs> um, got all day. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you can say that um, I've always grown up in and around water. Both my parents love being in the sea. I mean, my mom swam until she was eight months pregnant with me. So she swam in the ocean with me and mm-hmm. I just kind of grew up on the beach, traveling around, um, loved water, but I hadn't started competitive swimming until high school, I think grade, grade seven or, or eight. And um, it was nice. I, was, I loved the competitive swimming and the training parts and the structure, but my open water career basically started when we moved to Cape Town again and I started training for triathlon Ah. so that's kind of how I got into open water swimming Um, but I started with a wetsuit because coming from Joburg you used to warmer water and pool temperatures of comfortable 20 22 (laughs) plus the gym pool's like 26 degrees I'm not sure (laughs) what that Fahrenheit and you get to the ocean in Cape Town and you're lucky if it's 14. So yeah. naturally everyone gets a wetsuit. And to be honest, I never felt 100% comfortable in a wetsuit. Um, mm. There was always something off, like either you're chafing from it or you feel almost disconnected from the water, if I can put it like that. Yeah. And also because I'm naturally buoyant, um, it always felt like I'm swimming on top of the water as opposed to inside the water. Um, so I just always hated it. And I remember this day, um, it was the 1st of January 2015, I think, 16. And it was the New Year's Day swim. It's a mile swim at Clifton Beach. And it was sunny and there was no wind and the sea looked beautiful. And I just decided, you know what? I'm going to try this one without a wetsuit. And I took the wetsuit off. I left it at home, got in the car, drove to the swim and just did it and loved it and never, ever looked back into a wetsuit. Um, to be honest, I did Ironman in 2017 and I was the only athlete at Ironman to not wear a wetsuit. I remember standing in transition and people are like, Oh boy, you've gotten something major. <laughs> like the whole thing for me, I'm like, no, actually, I'm good. 
yeah yeah that's funny yeah that's good it's hard to stick to your guns and uh, I did a little triathlon myself and it you know everyone around you's in a wetsuit people are like oh but it makes you faster and you're like but I don't like it yeah I don't like it (laughs) and besides what you gain in the little triathlon swim you not even worth this right exactly it's too long (laughs) all the biking and running right (laughs) yeah so when did you start like swimming longer distances in open water so you were a triathlon first it sounds like so I initially did a triathlon and then I always wanted to do Robin Island like Robin Island's like you're not an open water swimmer in Cape Town if you haven't done Robin Island It's (laughs) it's a seven and a half kilometer swim um, and the water is usually between uh, 11 degrees to, if you're lucky, 16. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to do it. And yeah, I did Robin Island and I loved it. And then I think my next long swim or marathon swim after, because Robin Island's not really a marathon, it's seven and a half kilometers. So you right. can't really classify that. <laughs> I did a 10 kilometer swim from. Um, it's a, it's a shore along the shore in um, basically from the Milnerton Lighthouse to Big Bay. And I know I'm explaining all these things to you, but you have no idea where they are. It's just the okay, coastal. Somebody Milnerton does. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the water was 10 degrees. Oh. And I impressed myself that day. I, I was one of five people to have finished that swim. Uh, three people wore wetsuits. So I was very impressed that with that swim. And then after that, it was a couple of months and I came across this advert of um, Mad Swimmer. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the madswimmer.com. Yeah. They they do crazy swims and all the funds, all the proceeds go to charities and children's charities. So I signed up for the swim from Zanzibar to Tanzania. And that was my first proper swim it was 32 kilometers we started somewhere on a sandbank off Zanzibar and we swam basically to Tanzania which is in Africa Uh and it was just mind-blowing wow I was hooked after that yeah what was it how did it feel when you finished that it was I think the hardest part was the last last four k's because you know you're near the end but it's just not the end you're so close but so far still and the water temperature actually increased to almost uncomfortable unbearable we had surf top current in our face and lots of jellies but just I think the thing about mad swimmer is because you're not doing a solo swim you're doing a group there's a group of you and often it's like a handful of people who are doing the solo swim and then a bunch of relay guys. So the bunch of relay guys come and they jump in and everyone finishes together. So you get out of that swim and like everyone's there celebrating and you've made like this amazing achievement and you've done it all for a great cause. And that feeling is just like amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So you were hooked. <laughs> I was hooked on that. Yeah. <laughs> I've done like four or five after that. Yeah. Yeah. What was next? I think Zanzibar. Then we did Lake Malawi, mm. which was incredible. Um, then we swam the length of the Bazaruta Island in Mozambique. And after that, we attempted a 
they called it the great shark swim <laughs> let's just scare people away it's just <laughs> a great name right. for um, a swim <laughs> but in theory it sounded great but it didn't work out um amazingly because the theory was to catch this massive ocean current that's a few kilometers offshore um, on the Durban side of South Africa. And we never got this current. I got in, we did the first kilometer and I saw the time and I knew we're not in the current. This is just going to be a normal swim, 32 Ks. And that's going to be that. <laughs> no assist. <laughs> it wasn't zero assistance. And at the end, we ended up swimming into a nest or network of um, Portuguese man of war blue bottles. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, everyone was stung. I had to be medicated. Um, oh, no. It was horrible. But yeah, what a story to be able to tell. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> the great blue bottle swim, to be honest. Right. right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, uh, somebody. So funny. They had an oceanographer on board and all these shark experts and. The, the lady on board, she was on like this vessel, support vessel, making sure we try hit the current or searching for this current. And then I get on board and I need like, to be injected for this blue bottles thing that I'm really reacting to. And she's like, oh, I'm so relieved you found the blue bottles because that, that means you're in the current. I'm like, lady, how do you think we can swim in this blue bottle current of yours? <laughs> so, yeah. Love so it didn't, you didn't finish that one? <laughs> you had to be, or we did you get back in? 10 hours and we managed to do 30 something kilometers, but yeah, we didn't get anywhere near to the distance we wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. And you've, I, somebody I was talking at Dean Summers last week, he was talking about blue bottles in Australia. So that's a Southern hemisphere thing, phenomena, the blue bottles. Yeah. It's amazing how if you're just swimming in a little bit warmer water, there's always blue bottles. Uh, Yuck. It's almost so yeah, horrible. <laughs> Especially my worst fear. <laughs> <laughs> the, the blue bottles are your worst fear. <laughs> yeah. Understandably, if you have to be medicated afterwards, what was your reaction like? What was like how so did you... I was stung on my face and the blue bottle tentacles actually stick to the sunscreen that you put on. So they got stung on my face and under my armpit and close to my neck here. So I think it was just really tight, chest, tight throat. My voice started sounding like a man's voice. And I was like, I don't think I can stop. I actually got out on the boat. And um, I was tempted to jump back in. Like I refused to take off my cap and goggles. I'm like, and the doctor's like, Sam, you're not getting back in. I'm like, you don't understand. I have to get off this boat because it was quite rocky and I was feeling seasick. He's like, I have to watch you. Like, I have to get off this boat right now. <laughs> so we managed to get off this rocky boat onto a more stable rubber duck. But yeah, it wasn't 20 minutes and all the swimmers were pulled out. All of them. Oh, oh all my reacting gosh. badly to the blue bottle stings. Yeah, oh. it was just possible. <laughs> wow. Were they prepared to have that many people? <laughs> Not everyone reacted as bad, but okay. we all had pretty cool scars <laughs> the next day. Yeah, I bet. How long did those scars last? Oh, depends. I think I had for about five or six days. Wow. You put some ointment on them and they they luckily heal well. But yeah. I've had friends who've done swims and 
other places who had actual proper scarring and still have it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, <laughs> blue bottles, something, no warm water in the Southern hemisphere. I got to put that on the, put that down <laughs> for me. <laughs> Apparently okay. the best thing for blue bottles is alcohol. So everyone thinks that uh, it was alcohol and vinegar. So vinegar, you put on jellyfish mm. and blue bottles, you put alcohol, but we were putting vinegar on the blue bottles and it just actually makes them fire even more. Oh, so man. don't do that. Okay, so some vodka or something, <laughs> or rubbing alcohol. Thinking of hand sanitizer now these days. I'm sure that will work. Oh yeah, yeah, the good, good call. <laughs> good one. Okay, all right. So you you got out of the great blue bottle swim, <laughs> and you decided I still want to do marathons. Is that what happened? Can you believe that? Yeah, yeah. it was. I think it's the, the adventure side of it that gets me. Um, the adventure, the lifestyle, the travel, um, and the people. The people are just, you just meet them and you, you know that these are my people. Like you just, you just know them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because they also are attracted to the same things, right? The travel exactly. the, and even the, the hardships, right? There's something... Yeah. There's like some, when you know somebody is going to sign up for, you know, some jellyfish or whatever, you're like, okay, I get you. (laughs) Yeah. You just get each other. Yeah. Actually. That's awesome. So what was next after the great blue bottles? We're just going to call it that. (laughs) I think the next big thing I did was probably the channel. Mm. Actually, I did Ironman first. I did Ironman and then I went and did the channel the next year. And wow, the channel. <laughs> tell me, tell us, tell us. <laughs> uh, I must say the channel is probably the swim that I put the most work for. I mean, mm-hmm. you spend all that money and you get a slot and then you realize, okay, well, this is real. I need to do a six-hour qualifier. So I ended up doing a six hour, eight hour, 10 hour night swims, cold swims. And I think the channel was actually the, um, or training for the channel was the first year where I actually trained throughout winter in an outdoor unheated pool. Wow. That was hard. I just realized that training in the warm gym pool wasn't doing me any favors. Mm -hmm. Um, It is almost like a massive shock and adjustment every time you go from 26, 27 degree gym pool. And then the aqua ladies still complain that it's too cold. (laughs) And going into the ocean, it's 14 and you just feel off. So I just had to actually train in colder water and, the Sea Point Pavilion is, don't get me wrong, it's the most beautiful pool in South Africa, but the water temperature goes to 13 wow. degrees Celsius. Okay. <laughs> and then the ambient temperature is super cold with no sun and it's raining. Yeah. So yeah, that really toughened me up properly. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And I guess for North America, for Americans, that's 55, which is super chilly. Yeah, sorry, I should probably like translate it to Fahrenheit. I, have I no need idea. to get a chart and just have it next to me because yeah. it comes up every time I'm talking. And it's, you know, and the population in the US, you know, relative to the world, you know, like most people know what you're saying when you say C and some people can do it in their head. I need to yeah. work on doing it in my head. <laughs> but yeah, so that was it was a long winter of training and yeah uh, but you were able to have an outdoor facility that's open all year that's not heated so that's very, that's very, kind of a bonus because <laughs> I know lots of lots of big pools in South Africa especially Durban and other pools in Pretoria tend to close because it's not worth operating for the handful of crazy idiots that are going to swim <laughs> when it's raining outside right right yeah yeah well that's that's good that you had that so so how did it go you put you said it's the most work you've ever put into a swim yeah, wise, training wise the the long night night swims all that how did it go all of that and you know what I think because I had such tough or I created such tough training conditions for myself I actually got the unicorn day in the channel I had beautiful flat water I had a big tidal change but I mean I just couldn't believe my luck I started in I think 14 degrees Celsius and I ended in 18 so the toughest part for me was actually the first three hours and I was mentally preparing for having the toughest part at the end yeah and I started at two o'clock in the morning and I got into a nice rhythm, but then I really started struggling with my hip flexors. They just uh, locked yes. and they just wouldn't release. Yep, yep. And I had some medication on the boat, but I thought I'd be having that like my 10th, 11th, 12th hour, right. not first, second hour. Sam, how are you going to do the channel if you're having my panel with like the second hour? <laughs> um, <laughs> but luckily my crew just stepped it up. They noticed that I was dropping my pace. I was playing with my body position, bending my knees, oh, trying to like extend my back more, dropping my chest. I was just doing everything possible and it just wouldn't work. And eventually I think the pain meds kind of kicked in. Yeah. And I was able to pull through. And after that, it was just smooth sailing. Wonderful. How did that yeah. feel to finish that one? I think finishing the channel is probably the most anticlimactic thing you can do. <laughs> You're not the first person to say this. I love, I love that we're getting this on record. <laughs> you swim your heart out that last few kilometers to hit the cap. And I remember one of my friends saying, um, Kyron Palfreman, he's a Ocean 7 swimmer. I think he's got one. He's one of our best friends. He's got one, one left to be an Ocean 7 swimmer. And he told me, um, just before I left to the channel, was like, Sam, only the great swimmers ever hit that cap. And if you know Kyron, that is a typical thing he'll say to you just to get under your skin. And I just remember swimming and hitting the cap and thinking, I have to hit this cap. I have to have to hit this cap because I want to go home and tell Kyron. <laughs> <laughs> and you get there and it's like, uh, okay, yay, I'm a channel swimmer, hit the cap, um, and there's no one there. <laughs> <laughs> but the moment is still, I think the moment is so big that it almost feels a little bit surreal. 
and you swim back to the boat and obviously your crew are super happy and then the social media stuff comes and then you see your WhatsApp group and everyone's been following your tracker and then it's obviously amazing. But that, that initial moment on the cap is like, okay, let me look for some pebbles. <laughs> you and your little pebbles and swim back to the boat <laughs> yeah 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 the marathon swimming is not for people looking for fanfare and celebration and <laughs> it's such a personal thing and it's almost something that no one can take away from you it's it's yeah it's such a personal achievement and I don't think anyone else can understand it except for someone else who's done it mm-hmm. yeah I tell my clients that um, like when, when they're just getting started with marathon swimming, I was like, this is, I mean, it's not a, it's not a race, you know, it's not comparable yeah. to other events that you're going to like, this is more like having a baby or getting married. Like, this is something you're going to look yeah. back on and be like, remember that time yeah. <laughs> that I swam the channel? Exactly. Like, it's, a, it's a life event. It's a, it's a big deal. And, and it's totally not about the time. No, it's almost completely. <laughs> irrelevant what your time was no one cares what your time was right you (laughs) finished or you didn't finish and when are you going to try again kind of thing right Um, I think that's the beauty of it and it's not necessarily the fastest swimmers that have a faster channel time it's almost like the luck of the draw and you have to play the cards that you are dealt on the day um Mm -hmm. I had a friend who was training um for the channel with me and he he was 60 two years old and he had a hip replacement six months before he did the channel and in a pool theoretically I would lap him because he's a little bit slower but he did a 10 hour two minute channel because he just (laughs) uh, straight across there was no title change he had the absolute perkiest unicorn day and it's like someone put a lane rope across the channel for him (laughs) obviously you're happy for him but it just it just completely confirms the fact that it's not about the swimmer's speed and the time completely about conditions and what you make of them right and and uh, I think it's a big I was explaining this to some people the other day too like it's a big step to 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 not look at it as a race anymore so I'm trying to talk about it it's like we're going beyond we're going beyond the race beyond the competition you're going above the race (laughs) yeah yes that's right we're going up (laughs) but it but it where can you go right where could I don't know like I I, um it's been it's really fulfilling to me though because it becomes a personal achievement and like I said it's something you can look back on that you did and you get to carry that with you the rest of your life exactly and it's it it doesn't matter if yeah how fast you were or how no it doesn't it doesn't matter at all (laughs) yeah yes very cool so what was after the channel oh so what year was that I did the channel in 2018 okay and you pretty much you said you started like in 2016 right yeah yeah wow and you just just went for it I'm kind of still a newbie (laughs) (laughs) it's all the rage these days That's funny. <laughs> so, um, to be honest, I haven't done a proper channel swim again after the channel. I mean, you did I it. Yeah, you're like done. <laughs> no, of course, I want more. You know, as yeah. channel swimmers, there's yeah. always the next, the next challenge, the next goal, the next 
thing mm. that motivates you to train, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I was meant to do 20 bridges last year, but obviously that got cancelled. Right. Um, so 20 bridges for me is now on the 23rd of August this year. Awesome. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, yeah. Because I'm scared COVID <laughs> interferes with my plans again. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I've been eyeing False Bay. So False Bay is a local swim we have. Mm-hmm. And to date, uh, seven people have done it. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of on my radar. But yeah, this year has just been, because of lockdown and training and stuff, the, there was great weather windows, but I wasn't ready. And then when I was ready, I either didn't have a pilot or the wind came up or the wind was in the wrong direction and then okay. I had the perfect day and I found out the water temperature was 11. So oh. I was like, no, let's be real, Sam. <laughs> 11th, not going to get it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's on my backyard. I can always do it. So right. I kind of just want to be ready whenever the, the weather allows me to do it. Yeah. 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 Um, so how, how has the pandemic been for you in South Africa? Oh, man. I think South Africa probably had one of the hardest initial lockdowns. Um, obviously, other countries had it bad later on, but we weren't allowed to leave our house for five or six weeks. Wow. Like, we were only allowed to go shopping for essentials. We weren't allowed to order anything online. We can do no shopping online, wow. only essential things. Um, so... Luckily for me, I have an indoor bike. And two days before lockdown started, we bought these bungee cords that we, and we have a home pool. So we bought these bungee cords and like makeshift body belts and tied ourselves to the wall. And it's just awful. Like, <laughs> you just can't. <laughs> I think I managed. A couple of minutes, maybe a handful of times, and I absolutely hated it. So <laughs> it was kind of lockdown was the time to do indoor cycling and yeah. a little bit of home gym. I mean, we had weights made from five liter water bottles and did a lot of planking and push ups and <laughs> that sort of thing to stay sane. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing friends on Strava do like runs in their driveway and I <laughs> told my friends I'm like I'm never gonna do that if I do that please send help because then I've officially lost my shit and oh god Shannon it wasn't like 10 days and I was doing 5k's in the driveway <laughs> wow that's impressive you'd, I rather, that. you'd rather do that than a tethered tethered swim yeah I would rather do that than a tethered swim huh. you see the tethered swim is not good for you <laughs> You shouldn't attempt that. It's just, it should just be banned. (laughs) (laughs) Stroke, you swallow a lot of water, you just get so bored. No. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have a, I have an endless pool and I had to, I had to, had to have like a reckoning with myself and swimming in it last year. Cause I, I mean, I canceled everything, even though I could have swam and then, but, but it, I, when I, long story but about the pool but basically I started just using it like solely for technique work yes. and and touching the water like basically yeah. max out at like 30 minutes but last year I was like 
I've got a pool. Like I, I gotta, you know, like, yes, I get bored. You know what? But you get bored when you're marathon swimming too. So I've had to like, just like embrace it. (laughs) Infinity pool is completely different because the current is actually created. So it's almost like you are moving through water. Whereas a tethered swim, (laughs) the water just (laughs) around you. Yeah. created by your moving through the water it's just terrible for your stroke it hurts your back infinity pool like that would be a number one thing to have (laughs) uh man okay so it was hard you were running in your driveway when were you guys able to kind of come out of that how did the coming out of the lockdown go for you were you able to swim again we were phased into it quite strictly also we were allowed to then after the six weeks of not leaving your house we were allowed to exercise within i think a 10 kilometer radius of our house between 6 a.m and 9 a.m so for three hours a day wow you can go outside and it was chaos i was gonna say is everybody outside (laughs) everyone outside like even people who never walked their dogs were walking their dogs um it was chaos it was I had to run in the road because there were too many people on the sidewalk wow (laughs) luckily we could get out but we still weren't allowed to swim all the pools and beaches were completely off bounds and it's quite hard because we live literally 450 meters from the beach oh man we can't touch it (laughs) oh geez that's hard (laughs) it was hard and I must say it was almost like completely starting over again I know from triathlon that the swimming fitness is the fitness you lose the fastest Mm -hmm. luckily you also gain it the quickest but Hmm. the acclimatizing to the cold is being being real Mm -hmm. I mean going from (laughs) not doing any cold water swims to trying again has just really been tough you get in the water and it's like you've forgotten how to swim <laughs> I don't even know if I can swim oh, <laughs> man wow okay but you guys are in a better place now we are we are yeah. in a better place the pools are open the beaches are open everything's basically back to normal um we don't have any real restrictions anymore. We're just dreading the third wave. Mm. The only terrible thing is that we're not vaccinating it. So oh. only the healthcare workers have been vaccinated. And okay. in true African style, we just, the money's either lost, stolen, not <laughs> allocated properly. And um, so we're hoping to be vaccinated soon, but um I won't hold my breath. Yeah. <laughs> but you were able to travel. Tell us about your recent trip. So literally the only place we as South Africans could go to without quarantining is the Maldives. And twist my arm. <laughs> <laughs> it was just amazing. The the place, the location, the sea life, the, the water temperature is so good. It was a little bit warm. I mean, we swam around the island three times in our wow. week's day. It's like a two and a half K swim, but wow. the water is 30 degrees. Wow. 30, so you said? Three zero degrees wow. Celsius. Okay. So what wow. is that in Fahrenheit? Let's see what, what we got. 86. Yeah. That's, really that's hot. hot. It's, 
it's hot. So it was a good so thing it was only 2K around the island. Otherwise, you would have. You would scroll slowly because, I mean, you stop. Oh, look, there's a fish. And here's another one. And look at that clam and whatever. But it just actually makes you feel a little bit sluggish. So you take it easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's amazing. Like the sea life. And you can go swimming by yourself. And you don't have to worry about losing feeling in your face or your fingers. <laughs> being hypothermic or I shiver properly after every swim I do. Um, I think I shiver more than the average person. And it is just great to do a swim where you can just relax and not have to move to keep warm. It was just, wow. It was amazing. And yeah, we, we, we try to do like an excursion every day. So a boat will take you out to a location and you'll either go looking for a manta ray or a whale shark or turtles. And it's so weird because the morning we were meant, or the, yeah, the day we were meant to go look uh, on the turtle excursion, I actually just went snorkeling outside our little beach villa or um, water villa. And I came across two turtles and I had the most amazing swim at this turtle Um and we still went on the excursion and saw more turtles, which was great. And then the next day we went on a whale shark excursion and saw a manta ray. And we went on a manta ray excursion and saw a whale shark. <laughs> <laughs> They're all there. <laughs> it, was just, it was just incredible, incredible. And we had done, um, Ram and I had been talking about doing a free diving course for ages. And we ended up doing a free diving course, I think, early December. And that's just changed the game, like to just control your breathing and to be able to trust yourself to just hold your breath and go down and stay there for a few seconds or as long as you can. Mm-hmm. I just managed to get the most incredible pictures. Wow. So, yeah, super, super lucky. Very cool. Very cool. And now that you're back, anything that you're training for? You guys are going into winter, though. So, yeah, what's your so winter going to look like? we got back and this morning i had a 4.7 kilometer session and i got out after three k's because i was (laughs) shivering the water was 17 degrees in the pool and it's just a complete shock because 10 days ago it was still 22 which is my favorite (laughs) and now it's 17 and i'm frozen (laughs) but yeah manhattan is i think uh 15 or 14 weeks away so we're training for manhattan now yeah. All right. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about since you've done Ironman and you've run marathons too and swam marathons, what kind of, how do you kind of compare and contrast those experiences between those different sports? I think you are much more isolated in a swim than you are in a run or a cycle. I mean, on the run in Ironman, you got so many people cheering you on. There's crowds <laughs> of people, there's supporters, there's everyone's just giving you food and, you know, giving you motivation and you can hear everything. You can see everything. You're all there. Whereas in a swim, it's almost like your boat and the water and you, and you can't just talk to them wherever, wherever you want. You can't hey. <laughs> you can barely see them. Right. <laughs> so I think it's, I think in a swim, kind of your senses take over, like how you're feeling internally. So you focus much more on how, what you're thinking, how you're feeling. And 
I tend to actually focus a lot on what my boat crew is doing. So as a rule, <laughs> I'm not sure about um, the states that <clears throat> the boatmen or the people on the boat may never point at stuff because we have <laughs> in our waters and they point and you just see them all panic and it's like, oh my God, what have they seen? What is it? Um, <clears throat> what's happening? Is it a whale? Is it a shark? Is it another boat? Or are they just pointing at another person or what's happening? So <laughs> I think your boat crew and their behavior depend a lot on your kind of psyche and what you're thinking and your thought process. So it's actually very interesting. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's you rely a lot on visual stimuli as opposed to, you know, people talking to you. And I also swim with earplugs. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And yeah, I'm kind of deaf and just listen to the bubbles. It's almost like a therapeutic thing, like just drowns out all the noise and yeah how do you how do you get the I mean so if you're kind of I don't know what do you prefer like that kind of external motivation and like a big Ironman run or or like the solitude in a marathon swim I think I think I like I like them both equally I can't say that <laughs> I prefer to be by myself all the time and I can't say I like people shouting my name and saying go 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 you almost finished all the time either because I mean the worst thing you can tell someone Doing a run of Ironman is you're almost there. You're not almost there. <laughs> so it's it's hard because they're very different. I mean, yeah. obviously, us open water swimmers love the water and being by ourselves and lost in our own thoughts and mm-hmm. in the zone. And obviously, that's our favorite place to be. Mm-hmm. So, but it is nice and refreshing to go for a run every now and again and have people motivate you, and you can actually hear them and talk. About it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah can you tell us about um what swim you're the most proud of um actually thought about that and <clears throat> it's just natural to say the english channel because in cape town if you tell people you've done english channel they're like oh, wow you've done the english channel it's like dude like thousands of other people have done it <laughs> but I think I'm the most proud of that because I know what I put in and what I was going through in my life at the time and I made it through and I managed to do a good channel. And yeah, I think, I think it's definitely the channel, mm-hmm. but then there's other swims that I'm really proud of, like doing the six hours qualifying swim where I had other swimmers there and I arrived late. So by the time I got in the water, they'd already done four hours <laughs> and they finished, they were on the houseboat having beers and having a barbecue. And here's Sam all by herself in the ocean. And I remember telling the boat to just go away and leave me alone. <laughs> I can't watch you partying. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see you guys. I just want to be by myself. <laughs> so I think a six hour qualifier, it's not even achievement, but I mean, just personally to be able to just mentally toughen up and finish what you started um, is always something to be proud of. Yeah. Yeah. How do you kind of get, <laughs> how do you get through those tough moments, you know, because oh. it, like, it's one thing, like you said, if you're doing a six hour qualifier with friends, that's a lot different from doing yeah. four of it by yourself. So oh, how do you get through those tough parts? Um, I think the beauty of swimming, like what I've said is you have this ability to just zone out and, you get into this lovely zone where time just 
ticks away. I remember hitting it in the channel and my support crew were feeding me what felt like every two minutes. I'm like, listen, yeah, feeding me every two minutes. How the hell am I going to finish this one? (laughs) And they're like, Sam, it's been 30 minutes. So that's such a great space to be in. Um, You don't often hit that space. And if I can't get into that zone, I often think of, um, I like to think of uh, friends, family, and my dogs. Um, And yeah, just deal with what conditions you're given. Like, to be honest, I don't always like calm, smooth water. I sometimes like to put up a little bit of a fight with some wind and surface chop. And Mm -hmm. I love swimming in swell. It's just the most exhilarating feeling is swimming in swell. Um, It just takes your mind off maybe if the water's a bit cold or whatever. It's just, you just get this adrenaline rush and it's such... Oh, it's such a good feeling swimming and swell. But um, yeah, I think mentally your head has to be in the game. If your head's not in the game, it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be long swimming. Right. How do you how do you get your head in the game? Is there anything you do ahead of a swim or anything to kind of prepare yourself? I try to visualize sometimes, even in training. Um, if I'm training in, say, a pool, I try to visualize swimming in the sea and maybe feeling a bit cold or uncomfortable or being stung or seeing a shadow and what is that, a shark or sunfish? Or, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, vis- visualization helps me a lot. Um, trying to imagine different situations. Um, I think adapting. I'm also quite a structured person, so I like structure and a plan and yeah, I think it, if I'm super cold in a swim, um, I would just ask my crew, listen, yeah, I need more feeds or more sugar or more of that. And yeah, just adapt and deal with kind of what you are dealt with, deal mm. with the conditions you're dealt because they're not going to change. Right. You have to change to adapt to the situation you're in. Yeah, it's a good way to think of it. I often ask, you know, like how to adapt to changing conditions, but like, like you said, you have to change. Like the situation, the, yeah. like the, 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 the conditions con- aren't going to change for you. Right. Well, yeah, or they will, but either way, you've got to, you kind of have to be ahead of it. So be adaptable yeah. going in because it's going to change. <laughs> yeah, Ram always tells me, Sam, it's just like swimming through a cold patch. It's going to pass. You just have to get through it. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I love the people with that perspective. They're like, oh, well, when it gets hard, I just know it's going to get better. Like you just have yeah. to swim through it. So that, that's, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to remember that in the moment. It is. You have to remind yourself, like write it on your hand. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. I like that. Write things on my hand next time. <laughs> we'll get through it. Just It's just like a cool patch. <laughs> just keep swimming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. What have you learned about yourself from marathon swimming? I'm stubborn. (laughs) Um, I'm an overthinker. I'm an overstressor. (laughs) Um, And I'm probably tougher than what I think I am. And I've learned about nutrition. I've learned that everyone's different and there's not one one recipe for everyone everyone's different and you've got to go with what works for you Mm -hmm. um and i've also learned that 
even the small things you do actually manage to inspire people on a level that you are not aware of. I often do something like completely insignificant to me. And then I'd have a friend say, Sam, because of you, I'm going to do Robin Island or I'm going to enter this one mile race or I'm going to go for swimming lessons. And I think that's just something I've learned without, you know, previously you just kind of like do things and you don't realize the change or the impact you're having on your friends. And I think that's such a rewarding thing. Like someone come to you and say, because of you, I'm going to, I'm going to go for a lesson or I'm going to go for stroke technique or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely an overthinker. <laughs> <laughs> that's the main thing you've learned. <laughs> How do you manage that? You know, kind of in the, in the middle of it. <laughs> so I, I think I just pack a lot of stuff. I pack a lot of food. Um, I try not, I try control the thought process. Like what if this, what if that, um, and it's all very anxiety ridden until you get in the water. And then it's almost like everything just goes away and you're not anxious or stressed or anything anymore. All you have to do is swim. Um, but yeah, dealing with the overthinking and the, that pre-race or pre-event nerves is, it's quite hectic. Some days I'll just I completely lose my appetite or can't sleep. Um, so the best thing would actually be to just do some meditation, go for a little run, do a little bit of a cycle, just to take the edge off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, tell us a little bit about your, your really cold water swimming. You've alluded to the fact that you don't like cold, but you've done some ice kilometers, right? <laughs> tell, yeah. us, tell us about that real quick. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. My first ice swim I did a couple of years ago, just because people who were swimming with me on a Sunday hot chocolate swim were talking about this ice swim they're doing uh, three hours outside Cape Town. And I was like, oh, wow, I should try that. I mean, the water temperature I see is like 11 and the ice swim is like under five. So how bad can that be, right? <laughs> how bad could that be? I mean, it's just, it's just freezing, but. Right. <laughs> and um, it's only a kilometer. So I went and did that. But after the swim, we, we realized that the temperature was seven degrees Celsius and an ice swim has to be below five. So it was all the pain, but none of the glory. So. <laughs> I just felt like, okay, I did this ice swim. It was seven. It's probably my coldest swim to date, but it didn't count. <laughs> Obviously, you have to go back and finish what you started. Stubborn, stubborn Sam. <laughs> um, I ended up doing a swim in the mountains of Lesotho. We had a, our South African ice swimming championships there. It's a landlocked country in South Africa, but it's in the mountains. So the altitude's oh, wow. about 3,000. 300 meters above sea level oh wow okay and I did the 1k and <clears throat> I survived it <laughs> and it was amazing and yeah. um, I think ice swimming takes you to even more remote even more off the chart locations than marathon swimming mm -hmm. um, and 
<clears throat> you also you also get very hooked onto it and it's almost like an addiction because after a while your body starts craving the cold <clears throat> but I must say I got out that water and before I, I, I did the swim Rom said you're not going to be able to say your name after this swim and I'm like I'll show you I'll say my name after this swim <laughs> and I did the swim I got out and um, for some reason, there were um, a video crew there from uh, the Great Big Story. Is that CNN? Um, and they were filming this whole event, and mm -hmm. they had a mic there. And, and Ram's like, "What's your name?" And he said, "I am <laughs> I was sort of frozen. I don't remember the rest of the recovery, but I did it. And yeah, ever since it's just been, you know, your body is this amazing, amazing machine and it can do anything you convince your mind to do. And yeah, after Lesotho, I've been back to Lesotho three times. I tried to do a mile there last two years ago, but the altitude is just too much i yeah. i got to 1200 meters and i pulled myself out um i just realized that i was just not moving anymore and the pain was just <laughs> too real and i didn't want to be in a situation where i swim and i push myself and then i need medical attention and we three hours away from the border and five hours away from a hospital although we had a doctor and, an, and a nurse and medics there I just didn't feel like that was the right place to do it. Right. Um, yeah. So I definitely want to do an ice mile. It's definitely on my cards. I mean, I'm friends with Jamie Monaghan. who's done <laughs> a million ice miles on every continent and Kate Steele. So these ladies are so inspirational to me. Um, I think it's just all in the mind, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to hear someone who says that, you know, they're shivering in practice and they'll get out, but they're like, yep, I'm going to go to an ice kilometer and I want to do a nice mile. Right. <laughs> so it's a little yeah. cold. It's short lived, yeah, right? It's just a little cold. I think it's all the pain of a marathon swim compressed into one kilometer. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. I could see that. Cause I think Jamie's talked about it, too, like um, how like time kind of slows down, you know, like, I think, who was it? I think it was Jamie talking about the elasticity of time, you know, like in marathon yeah. swimming, it can like compress, but like in ice swimming, yeah. it can like extend. Isn't that cool? It can extend and you get the tunnel vision where the other side of the pool looks like miles away. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I, it's easy for me to say I want to do it sometime, but it's hard to think like how I can make that happen in my life, but you never know. No, never say never. Exactly. Exactly. If you told me five, six years ago that I'd be doing an ice swim in Antarctica, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Um, what motivates you to keep going? Uh, the challenge. I think because I'm such a goal-orientated person and structured person, um, you do something and it's like, you want to carry on with this 
kind of timeline. You don't want to just stop and end up on the couch watching Netflix all day. I yeah, mean, yeah. And then there was that time that I did all those ice kilometers and marathon swims, yeah. and then I just hung up my jacket and said, never again, right? Who does that? Um, I think there's always the next thing. And if you are a motivated person, you're always going to set a goal for yourself and you're going to do everything in your power to make sure it happens. And you're going to train and work and do what you need to do to get there. And I think, um, I think they go, they go hand in hand. I love training. So because of my anxiety, I feel like I'm a better person when I train. Um, and you also don't want to train for nothing. Like, why are you going to train just to burn off some calories and feel better for a few hours? It's like, no, you need a goal. So I think a goal gives structure to your training and training gives me, I mean, you know, health benefits and mental benefits. So yeah, I think that's what keeps me going. Um, Another thing that also keeps me going, especially these mad swimmer swims and other swims we've done is the charity and what you're doing it for, the cause. Um, That's a big thing too. I mean, I've done K-Point a couple of times and I remember this one K-Point I did. We'd just gone back from the States. I was severely jet lagged. I think I did it on airplane food and maybe two or three hours sleep. My ankles were still swollen when I started the swim. And I remember rounding the point and it's beautiful. And then after the point, it gets super boring because it's six kilometers of just straight swimming to the finish. And I was getting cold and I wanted to get out. And I thought, you know what? We're swimming for children who are orphans and they have daily struggles. They they are suffering daily and I want to get out because I'm feeling a little bit uncomfortable. It's like, come on, Sam, toughen the F up and carry on. And I must say that in a swim, it's so much more rewarding swimming for a cause. Um, I definitely learned that from my mad swimmer friends and it's just, yeah, on the next level rewarding to swim for someone else. Very cool. Very cool. Um, What advice would you give to an aspiring marathon swimmer? Just go for it. I mean, you never regret a swim. I mean, worst case scenario, you get out. And I think just join a club, um, network, get in touch with people who can give you some advice and you have the patience to take you through your first swims and just see what your body's capable of. I mean, you will surprise yourself. Definitely. (laughs) Good advice. Um, (laughs) Who's who's inspired you? Wow. So many people. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have met a lot of inspiring people uh, locally and internationally. Uh, I would definitely have to say that Jamie Monaghan is on that list of people who inspire me. Uh, Sarah Thomas, oh my word. Uh, Chloe McArdle, um, Catherine Breed. <laughs> She's such a champ. Mm-hmm. Um, but also my friends who I train with daily, Karina Bruver. I'm not sure if you've had an interview with her. Mm-mm. She's an amazing swimmer. Um, and then also the people closer to me, Kyron Polframan and Ram Balkai. Um, these people are all very 
inspirational people. I mean, Kyron, just the way he does these swims, so low-key, doesn't brag about it, just just does it and gets on with it because it matters to him and he doesn't care about the fame or the the social media and I think that's very very inspiring yeah that's great thank you so much for sharing your story it's a pleasure thank you for listening yeah absolutely (laughs) I hope you enjoyed this episode have you heard of the Intrepid Water Accountability Group We'll support and encourage each other on a private chat platform, pursue monthly challenges both in the water and on land, and meet virtually once a month to dive deep on a topic. If you'd like to join a group of like-minded limit pushers from around the globe, join the Intrepid Water Accountability Group. Find out more at intrepidwater.com.